You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 198. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 198. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Baby doll, here we are. Well, hello. You ready to talk to the audience? I am ready to pot it up. Hey guys. Hey. Well, welcome to the sure. Hi. We're hi. Hello. How are you? How are you? Hi. How are you doing? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Hey there. So creepy. <laughs> the face you have on is creepy. Face is creepy. So hopefully that translates through my voice. Yeah, I will. Yeah. It really did. It really did. All right. Hey guys. So welcome to the show. We have a part two. Of a two-part series that we were doing around saying what you really mean. So last week, if you did not catch it, you definitely want to listen to episode 197, where I cover off six different ways that we tend to stifle what we really mean. So it's all these kind of tactics that we employ to get around just being really forthright and saying exactly what we mean. So the reason why you want to listen to that one first is you want to get really clear in identifying, oh, shit, yeah, number three, that's me for Got sure. It. Yes. And it's not to say that if you're listening to this one, you won't get anything out of it, but it will heighten your awareness if you listen to 197 first. So this particular week, part two, we're going to talk about what do you do then? Like if you know that you tend to sweep things under the rug or you tend to be more of a complainer, what are the action steps? What do you do instead? So that's what we're going to dig into today. So so you're going to tell me what you mean, what you really, really mean? Wow. I'm going to tell you what I mean, what I really, really mean. <laughs> I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. Really, really, really want to tell, tell you, you what, what I mean. mean. If you want to be my lover, you got to get with my friends. Make it last forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. By the way, you guys, we just sang our mic check. So we did. I was like, we should probably talk a little bit since we don't sing <laughs> on the pod. It's not called a pod sing. It's not a pod sing. Although I do not doubt that it would be wildly Riveting. Successful. Yeah. Riveting. Anyway, back <laughs> but, on back on track. But do you hear a little something Wait, in the background? I, oh, out in the background, way back there. We interrupt this broadcast of the Joy Junkie Show to bring you this urgent free shit alert. Repeat, this is a free shit alert. Yes, I did. Oh, you Look sure did. You were right on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that brings me such tremendous joy, it's but it funny. does. If you heard last week, I do have a free shit alert going on for all of you who may want to make a little bit more headway in the realm of combating fear, particularly as it inhibits you standing up for yourself. So I have a workshop that is coming up this month that is completely free. We'll be digging into how to stop taking responsibility for everybody else's happiness, trying to make everybody else 
pleased or see you in a good light or approve of you, how to actually set and enforce boundaries in your life without being riddled by guilt. Mm -hmm. And even what what the hell a boundary even is. I remember when I first started working in personal development, I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about when you're saying about what does that even look like? We'll be talking all about that. Also, how to speak up for yourself without being a dick, without being an asshole. You you know that is one of the foundational elements of what I do. And that is we can speak up, we can be assertive, and we can do so with grace and kindness. We don't have to be a big old bee about it. Finally, we're going to talk about how to change your relationship to fear, specifically how fear influences us from actually giving voice to things that really have merit in our world. So we're going to talk about that a lot today, but if you want a much deeper dive and you want to do it for free, I highly encourage you to go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register where you can get your free spot in this class. Now this is, it's similar to our podcast in the sense that I love to give concrete, quantifiable step-by-step action steps that you can take. But it's different from the podcast in the sense that it is a workshop. It is a class. I'm going to ask you to engage with me. You will have a very in-depth workbook that I expect you to be taking notes for. So you don't want to just jump in on the workshop while you're working out or you will not get the full effect of it. Imagine if you were going to an actual class to learn about accounting or whatever else you had interest in. If you were just listening while you were working out, chances are you're not going to really get the foundational elements that are going to create radical change in your life. Right. So, or if you're driving, it's hard to write things down, that kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, matter of fact, you probably shouldn't write things down. <laughs> yes. Time. Yes. Do That's... not do that. But I would absolutely love, love, love to have you. I have not done this particular workshop in quite a while, I believe about a year. And it is called Self-Confidence Secrets. 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 (laughs) And it really is all about why we don't speak up, why we care way too much about what other people think, and what to actually do about it. So if that really resonates with your spirit, be sure to go to thejoyjunkie.com slash register or the show notes page for this particular episode, which is thejoyjunkie.com slash 198, and you can, jump, you can jump in on it. I know, Crazy. Jesus Christ, right? 200. I can't even. It's it's insane to think about 200 episodes. I mean, I can't even. So, I mean, I you know what? That's actually a really great opportunity to give a huge, warm, fuzzy. Oh, out to everybody here because this show would absolutely not be where it is if it wasn't for our devoted podcast. Absolutely. Warm fuzzies to y'all. Yay! Warm fuzzies all around. You get a warm fuzzy <laughs> and you get a warm fuzzy. <laughs> Bartender, round of warm fuzzies, please. Yay! <laughs> warm fuzzies on the house. <laughs> Well, why don't we pass the microphone over to you for a little minute? Uh, Okay. I think I'll do a... Would you rather... Because I've never done one of these before. Yeah. Yeah, this is a brand new segment called Would You Rather. Way to cue the music. Did you like that? Yeah, I like that. I was like, and cue. (laughs) All right, so today's Would You Rather is... (laughs) W-Y-R. Wow. (laughs) Would you rather... Be Brad Pitt or Ed Norton in Fight Club? Uh, that's crazy. 
That's, that's oh a my tough God. one, right? I am a huge Ed Norton fan. Me too. I love his acting. It's I think he's phenomenal. probably one of the most genius actors of our day. Just phenomenal. I uh, agree. So I'm definitely pulled towards him, but then I'm like, God. No, I'm talking about the character. The character, Brad Pitt was his kind of alter ego. Yeah. It was his, right. the badass piece of himself, mm-hmm. right? So I, do you really want to be the chaotic, reckless, crazy, anti-establishment one? Or do you want to be the one that's on the self-discovery path, learning about himself, figuring himself out, and but kind of learning that he has psycho. those two sides of himself? <laughs> but you're also clinical. <laughs> I, you know, this is probably going to surprise you, but I think I'm going to go for the pit. I, that does surprise me, actually. I'm usually the nice and logical, yeah. but there is such that allure to tapping into your badass piece of yourself so uh, this is one of the reasons why i love acting so much and i love playing characters like that yeah because it's so far from how i behave normally i'm so rational and pragmatic and let's you know organize and i'm not like let's just do this yeah spontaneous i think i'm gonna go for brad pitt too just because i would love to be able to pull off floral polyester (laughs) (laughs) i can't pull that off or make soap from human fat. Yeah, that too. That is kind of badass. It's very resourceful. Yeah, it's, it's kind of disgusting. It's pretty disgusting, but yeah. it's incredibly resourceful. I wouldn't put that on a DIY YouTube. Reduce, uh, re- reuse, recycle. Is that what it is? Re- <laughs> yeah. Is it reduced? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I my think gosh. so. Anyway, so, so we're both pits. We're both pits. Swing by Instagram. That's where I tend to talk to people the most about podcast episodes. And you can find the meme for this latest episode. My handle is at the Joy Junkie, and let us know if you'd rather be Brad Pitt or Ed Norton in Fight Club. We should watch that again. That is such a great. It's show. a great show. Let's jump right in. We've got a lot to cover today. Let's do it. If you listen to part one, you know that I covered off six major tactics that we employ to do everything that we could possibly can instead of speaking our truth. And we do that for self-preservation reasons. We do it because actually speaking up kind of equates pain in our minds. We think if this is going to cause confrontation, uh, if this person is not going to like what I have to say, that immediately in our brain is equivalent to to pain. And we go, this is going to be uncomfortable in this immediate instant. I'd Mm. rather just make myself comfortable right now than actually deal with something that might be a little bit painful in service of a much better future, right? right? Yeah. So something that I like to tell people is if you decide that you're going to get really healthy and you're going to eat really healthy, the allure of pizza or the allure of cake doesn't change. You just decide that that immediate benefit, that immediate satisfaction of eating the cake isn't something you want as much as you want the bigger picture, the long term. That's exactly right. So it's the exact same thing that's happening when we're talking about saying what you really mean. You have to choose that meta view, that bigger picture of I want this life where I give voice to things and I stand in my own personal power and confidence instead of sweeping it all under the rug for that immediate gratification. True. So the first way that we talked about 
people tending to avoid saying what they really mean is the sweeping it under the rug method. And again, we go into this much more in detail in last week's episode, so be sure to catch that as well. So if this tends to be you and you have identified, oh, yeah, I tend to sweep it under the rug and dismiss the magnitude of whatever the issue is, either externally or internally. So saying to other people like, oh, no, it's not a big deal. No, oh, don't even worry about it. Didn't hurt my feelings. You approach it that way externally. And then you also rationalize internally, saying things like, oh, just let it go. It wasn't that serious. You need to get over it. You're being a baby. How do you speak to yourself about it? Mm -hmm. So if this tends to be you, I want you to ask yourself a couple of questions. The first is, what is the cost of my silence? What is the cost of my silence? Okay. And this is what I was just talking about with the equivalence of pain to us. Because we think, if I'm silent right now, sweet, awesome. I can just get out of this situation. Yeah. It's immediate gratification. But there is a long-term cost. For many people who sweep things under the rug they very, very often have massive blow-ups, whether it's with their partner, family, best friends, colleagues. You reach a breaking point. It's all energy. It has to go somewhere. So if you're trying to stifle it, and my best friend always calls this trying to hold a beach ball underwater, (laughs) it will eventually come up. And it can come up in a number of ways. One of them is massive blowouts, huge blowups at your partner, at whoever is involved. Mm-hmm. So that is one massive cost to sweeping things under the rug because you will then go into saying shit you don't mean right? that you can't take back that is far more acerbic and biting than what you really – felt back in the day when back you when swept it, it under. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so true. It can also cost you massive resentment. So you end up being the person completely suffering because you're so angry at how your boss talks to you or how your colleagues talk to you or something that your best friend did, something that your spouse didn't do. And mm-hmm. then you suffer because you are in this perpetual state of resentment. I had actually had a case for this. Really? Uh, recently. Do tell. Um, I have a client who is always late to her appointments and takes up a lot of time at the end of the appointment. So much so that it bleeds into the other person that is after her. Yep. And I kind of just, and she apologizes for it, but I never, all I say is, it's cool, it's all right. You know, just try to be on time next time, right? I really try to um, placate. Yeah. And what it does is it builds up resentment for me. It makes my my ability to heal her or be there for her, I start to resent her. It's skewed. And I don't put my all into the session because I think she doesn't respect my time. Why should I respect her healing? Kind of, you know, just a little That's bit. Right. That's right. And I really need to address it with her. And I haven't. So this is perfect for me. (laughs) Yeah. But it's also understandable. That's the other thing that I really want everybody to know is it will always be alluring to eat the cake. It'll always be alluring to eat the pizza. It'll always be alluring 
to sweep it under the rug, make a joke of it, whatever, because that's immediate relief. So give yourself some compassion that there is genuinely a reason why we don't want to do this. It equates pain in our minds. Right. But what we don't really look at is the impact in the greater scheme of our lives. It can also lead that sort of resentment, that sort of undealt with anger or bitterness can lead to illness. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely manifest disease in your body. It can manifest ailments like even achy knees, things that aren't necessarily massive disease. Right. It is energy, period. You cannot create or destroy it. It will just morph. So if you think you're getting away with it, you're not. (laughs) What you're doing is you're choosing immediate relief instead of long-term power. So I want you to ask yourself these two questions. What is the cost of my silence? And second, what will my silence make me a liar? Interesting. Will my silence or what I have said, like for you, saying like, it's okay, just be on time next time. Does that make you a liar? It's not okay. It's not really okay to you. Right. And now it becomes, I need to give voice to that. The second Hmm. one that we talked about last time was complaining and colluding. And this is where you give voice to all of the shit that you're upset about, but you really don't tell the right person. Right. I'm telling my coworkers instead of the person, instead of the client, right? Or me or another (laughs) client. Or the podcast. Or the the entire (laughs) thousands of people who listen to the podcast. (laughs) But it's a per- this is a little bit different than just telling everybody else besides the person who needs to know. This is where you're kind of addicted to the bitching about it. Right. Where yeah. it gives you this faulty sense of power by com- complaining about it. And this is really altering the blame, saying instead of taking on what you need to do to rectify it, you go, if only this person wasn't such a douche, if only they would be on time, if only my boss wouldn't micromanage me, let's talk about how shitty they are Mm -hmm. instead of the role you need to play. So here's what I need you to know if this happens to be you. Interesting. And again, we go far more in depth in this last week's episode if you need to identify if this is you or not. Two things that I need you to look at if this is you. First of all, please remember, if it is worth complaining about, it's worth giving voice to. Interesting. Okay. If you do not take action on that, if you do not go rectify it or give voice to whatever you need to give voice to, you're just a complainer. You have now habituated a way of being that is incredibly unfun to be around. I'm sure all of you can relate to having that one friend who every time you ask them how they're doing, they're never good. Mm. They're like, eh, okay. Eh." They're so focused on complaining. They're so focused on why everybody else is harming them that they completely lose their own personal power. So if this is you... If it is worth complaining about, it's worth giving voice to. If you're not willing to give voice to it, shut the fuck up. (laughs) I'm serious. Yeah. Now you're just being a victim. Now there is a very distinct difference from needing to vent something happened at work and you're furious. Or for you, if this particular client who's habitually late, it's one thing for you to come to me and be like, I just need to get this out. This is really pissing me off. And you do that in one small little increment. It's very different 
if you have habituated that way of being where you come home every day complaining about stuff you're not willing to give voice to. Yeah. Now you are creating the habit of victimhood. So what you need to ask yourself in these moments is, what do I need to give voice to? What do I need to give voice to? Mic drop moment. And you need to write that out. And you need to make plans to actually do it. Now, if you decide to join Self-Confident Secrets, which I highly advocate, obviously, we are going to be talking about some additional ways that you can speak up about it. And I will eventually have a class coming up If you know you want to have a much deeper dive where we go through very specific ways to have challenging conversations, to gear up and prepare, I have a whole system around this in particular. So keep an ear out for that. We'll be announcing when registration opens for that course a little bit in a few weeks. Yeah, it's a secret. No, this is a different one. This is an actual paid for course if you wanted to go. Yeah. (laughs) The self-confidence secrets is available now and completely free. Got it. Okay. Sorry if I I was uh, confusing everybody. (laughs) The third tactic that we tend to use is being passive aggressive or using a joke. These are the sorts of things where, and you gave a great example last week, so you guys will need to go listen to that. These are situations where you know you need to speak up about something, but you kind of make a joke about it. So that it becomes a little more palatable. So maybe you're thinking about moving to Singapore and you're dreading telling your family because you know they are going to guilt trip the fuck out of you because they want you to stay in the U.S. And so you broach the conversation and you're like, so, yeah, so we've been like thinking about this idea about Singapore. I don't know. It's just, it's kind of crazy. You know, and you kind of make it not of merit mm-hmm. of okay. impact of seriousness and you laugh it off or you joke or maybe you want to start having a family and you hear that your sister's pregnant again and so to your spouse you're like wow must be nice to get pregnant that quickly all passive aggressive mm-hmm. instead of telling your partner honey I really have this desire to start a family and I we need to have a conversation about this and right. being really honest about it So using passive-aggressive or joke tactics, here's the deal. If you present it as a joke, expect it to be taken as a joke. Now, this is not always a bad entry point. So if this tends to be you, you can start with something light that's kind of joking or kind of passive-aggressive as long as you follow it up with the seriousness. So I'll give you an example. So let's say using that exact same example of wanting to start a family. Let's say you tell your spouse, wow, must be nice to just get pregnant just like that. (laughs) Yeah, biological clock sure is a ticking. Then you would go into, no, but seriously, babe, what I really mean to say is. Right. So you can start with... You can use your, uh, I don't want to say character flaw, but you can use that kind of crutch that you... Typically go to. Right. To kind of segue into the seriousness. That's right. Yeah, that's a good idea. So if this tends to be you, you can use this with the caveat that Mm -hmm. you must annex it 
with the seriousness, the intensity of this particular topic. You have to move from the joke into the serious conversation. So you can say things like, no, but on a on a serious note, I would really love to have a conversation about family. It's been on my mind a lot, the thoughts of getting pregnant. And yeah. So saying something like, no, but on a serious note, or, but honestly, or, but truthfully. What I'm really trying seriously, to say. Seriously. Exactly. Yeah. And then going into something that's very clear that it's not a joke to you. I would really love to have a serious conversation. I would really love to have a thoughtful conversation about this particular issue. So it doesn't necessarily mean right then you have to dig into something really deep, but you have to be honest about the fact that there's something you need to discuss with that person. Yeah, yeah. I think from a receiving end, it's also uh, disarming. Exactly. You know, there's actually like a boundary that if, if I'm just in that situation that I put up when somebody's passive aggressive with me, because I know they're being passive aggressive, right? Right. So... I kind of like boundary up like, okay, they're just throwing jabs at me. Sweet. Right. Right. But if somebody then breaks that shield down and says, look, I'm sorry, I threw an arrow. Here's what I really meant to say. Here's a warm fuzzy. (laughs) (laughs) It it, it just, um, it, it makes it more like we always say more vulnerable and allows for a deeper level of conversation on it and not just this superficial joking about it. That's right. Yeah. And when you shroud something in jokes or being passive aggressive, you immediately give other people the opportunity to dismiss it. True. It's the easiest thing to dismiss because it's joking. Mm -hmm. So you're like, whatever. If it was really serious to them, they would tell me. Mm -hmm. So again, if this is your tactic, it's okay. Now your next step is to say, but on a serious note. Mm Mm-hmm. And then lead into it. And know that you might be just saying in that moment, I would really like to schedule a time to talk. You don't necessarily, like if you're driving on your way to a baseball game or something, you don't need to get into a full-blown conversation about starting a family right then. Right. You can just broach it. Hey, honey, this is something serious I want to talk about. Or with a boss saying- Maybe we could do it on a date night. Not the boss. Not the boss. (laughs) (laughs) But with the boss, you might say something like, no, seriously- I, I do have some concerns about my workload. I would love to have a, a serious discussion with we'll you about down, that. Yeah. Is there a time that we could meet maybe next week? But it is disarming to start with something kind of joking as long as you follow up with the seriousness. Got it. And that will also segue into the fourth tactic, which is what I call reporting. And this is where mm. you typically just give a list of everything that's going on with you, hoping that the other person will interpret that. So. For instance, saying something like, if your spouse asks you if you could go get dry cleaning, instead of saying, no, I'm totally overwhelmed, we go, well, I've got this to do and Mm -hmm. I've got that to do and I've got to make sure I have to be there at this particular time. And you start creating this huge list. And we go through that quite a bit in the um, first part of this. Right. In last week's episode. Yeah, in the last episode, yeah. And this, you actually already touched on this. The best thing to say if you catch yourself reporting, because it's a victim-y thing. Like you want to let people know 
I'm busy. And look how busy I am. Look I at got all, shit to do. Look at all the shit that's on my plate. Yeah, 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 yeah. How could and you want them to make the summation themselves. You want them to go, oh, she must be slammed and can't take on one more thing. <laughs> right, right, right. But they might Doesn't go always register. They might go, God, she loves being busy. She's only happy when she's got a ton of things on her plate. With this one, what I highly advocate saying, if you catch yourself doing that, stopping and saying, what I'm really saying is, I don't think I can put one more thing on my plate. It's the same thing at work. If you are taking on project after project after project and your boss asks you to do one more thing and you start going into this litany of all of the things already on your list, stop yourself and go, what I'm really saying is, I don't honestly think that I can take on one more thing. I always want to do things with integrity and excellence. I want to come through for you. I cannot guarantee if I add one more additional assignment that it will be anything of a sterling presentation <laughs> at all. Right. Just starting off with what I'm really saying is, what I'm really saying is, and say the truth. Say the truth. You can even say, you don't need a list of all the, the, the shit that's on my plate. All you need to know is, I'm going to need to politely decline. I cannot imagine taking on one more thing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Number five, telling everybody else except the person who needs to hear it. This is a great way to know what your role in the matter is. So I will oftentimes tell my clients or students, they will tell me all sorts of things that are going on with their relationship or things in their career, things with their children or their parents. And I will say to them, if this conversation would be a surprise to them, that's on you. That means that you have not told them all of this stuff that you have told me. Mm -hmm. Now, the fact that you're scared, totally valid. You are absolutely allowed to be afraid. It's scary to give voice to stuff. It's vulnerable. Yeah. You, There is a risk there. They might not like to hear what you have to say. What you need to do is acknowledge this piece of owning your shit. I haven't been honest with you. I haven't given you the opportunity to be what I need. It's unfair to you that I've been feeling this way and I haven't shared it with you. So again, in the course that I'm going to be teaching towards the end of the month, I go through a whole litany of ways to softly start up. This is what they call it in psychology when instead of going into a conversation kind of ready to do battle and really fierce and like, I got to have a conversation with you. We need to fix things. You go in it softly. Mm -hmm. So if you tend to tell everybody else the, what the problem is, except the person who really needs to hear it, that becomes a perfect soft startup. So you can go to them and say, listen, I was meeting with my therapist or I was conversing with my coach or I was doing some journaling and I realized that. I've been having these feelings about things going on in our marriage or I've been having feelings about certain workload here at the office and I'm carrying all this, this upset about it and I haven't told you at all. Like how on earth would you know? And so I really need to come to you and apologize 
that there have been things on my mind that I haven't even given you the opportunity to hear me out for. The examples you gave are great, like therapist, your coach, journaling. Um, just like what struck me yeah. would be careful saying things like, I was talking to my friends and this came up because immediately they're like, you're talking to our friends about this. Right. Right. It's like, that's us. Like, don't tell them. Right. right? But that's exactly what you're doing is like, look, I shouldn't be telling these other people. I should be telling you. So here I am. Right. Or yeah. And that's great. I, I will tell, tell clients and students all the time, blame it on me. So even for those of you guys listening to the pod, you could use things like I was reading this book about I communication. To this podcast. I was listening to this incredible <laughs> podcast. Amazing. And I realized here's a huge opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. I haven't been setting you up for success. I haven't even been close to giving you what you need in order to help me out with these things. Right. How on earth would you know? And owning that and actually apologizing. This is unfair to you. How would you ever know? So that can be a great gateway also coming from a vulnerable place to start broaching that conversation with that person because you're already coming to them vulnerable, owning your shit and saying, I want to set you up for success. I want to give you the tools you need to be an incredible husband for me. How else would you know? Right. Or subordinates owning your lack of conversation or communication with them. I really didn't clearly set you up for success with that project. And it was unfair for me to be upset with your delivery of that particular project without being super crystal clear to you what I expected. Mm -hmm. And for that, I really need to apologize. Here's what I need you to know. And then you go into that. That's great. The sixth one is when you just straight up lie and make shit up. This is where we feel like just the fact that we have plans is not enough to decline help that somebody might need or say, I can't make it to your event or your party. We think we have to have something really noble and honorable as a great excuse in order to say, I'm not available. So you need to get over that shit. Because if you have plans, you have fucking plans. What if you don't have plans and you still want to go? Don't want to go. That that depends. For me, I feel like if I had plans to do nothing, <laughs> if I had plans to veg out and watch Netflix, then I had plans. That was what I wanted to do with my day. So I will say <clears throat> things like, well, let me back up. First thing. I always think you want to show empathy and gratitude, those two things. Like, I really wish I could be there for you. And thank you so much for thinking of me. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for the invite. Unfortunately, I'm not available. Yeah. You can just say not available. You do not have to go into a long excuse. You do not need to over-explain. You do not need to justify what you're going to do with your time. You can simply say, I'm not available. Yeah. Now, if somebody is asking something of you, like, I need you to bake cupcakes, or can you help me move next weekend? I love to say... Buy yourself some time. If there's any way you can say, let me get back to you. I need to check my schedule. I need to run it by my husband. I need to see what's going on that weekend. If you can buy some time, it helps you gather up what you really, really want to say. Then you can circle back and say, 
unfortunately, I do have some stuff going on that weekend, even if it's relaxing. Right. That matters. It's what you want to do. What you want to do matters. Period. I love it. I don't care if it's like not showering, not brushing your teeth till four o'clock and just zoning out, having beers, watching Netflix all day. That's what you want to do with your time. It matters. It's valid. Mm-hmm. Period. Yes. So if, Preach. You, if you need to buy yourself some time, do that. I need to get back to you. Let me check my schedule. Always express gratitude. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Express empathy. Oh my gosh, I would love to be there for you. Oh, that sounds like you've got so much going on. Or that sounds like it would be an amazing party to go to. If you already know you're not available, say it right then. Unfortunately, I'm not available. Unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it. Unfortunately, I already have plans. Doesn't matter what you say. Just don't say yes to shit you don't want to do. And don't fucking lie about it. Don't be a liar. Do you want a bunch of liars in your life? Then you need to be the person you want to attract. If you want friendships that just blow smoke up your ass, fine. Be a liar. But I'm guessing that's not what you want. I'm guessing that... Am I getting ranty? Yeah, yeah, I love it. It just pisses me off because everybody (laughs) says, oh, I value honesty. I value integrity. I want a spouse who's super honest with me. But then you're going to be a fucking liar all damn day? No. Your plans are valid. The way you want to spend your time matters. And when you feel like you have to make up a lie about what you want to do with your time, what you are saying subconsciously and verbally, you are saying your wants and desires are more important than my wants and desires. You are sending a huge message to your psyche that you have to lie about the things that you want. Mm. And that is damaging. You can decline. You can say no with the utmost kindness and grace. So that is what I want you to start working on. If somebody is asking something of you and they need an immediate answer, like, is there any way you can take my shift tomorrow? And they cannot wait for you to check your schedule or look for things. My favorite response is, if you need an answer right away, I'm going to need to politely decline. Yeah. Verbatim, just say that. It's their responsibility that they need help right now. It's their responsibility that they need to source out. It's not yours to be the hero for every person in your life. They need to take responsibility for what they're asking for. Right. Not to inflict guilt on you. That's all them. So you get to say, oh, man, if you need an answer right now, I'm going to have to decline. I hate to do that. But I cannot make that commitment right now. I truly hope you understand. Done. If you want some more on some of these topics, I am going to link to some communication pods in the show notes. I'll also link to part one, or you can just scroll back in your podcast feed. It should be episode 197, just so that you can get a real clear idea which one of these tactics you employ. Or which one's your favorite. Right. What's your crutch? What's your Mm -hmm. go-to? And then you can look at all of these sorts of solutions to do instead of lying about everything, instead of sweeping it under the rug. If you now know what your tactic is, and now you know the solutions to do it, now you got to do it, buddy. (laughs) Now you actually have to do something about it. You've called yourself out. 
And it's going to be far more painful when you watch yourself sweep something under the rug or when you watch yourself joke. It's true because now you have more awareness of it. And yeah. you can always declare a do-over. So if you swept something totally under the rug that really bothered you, declare a do-over. Go search that person back, circle back, and say, hey, I really messed up. The other day when you asked me if it bothered if it bothered me if that you were late, I totally wrote it off like it wasn't that big of a deal. And truth be told, it really did bother me a lot. And that's completely unfair to you. You can circle back, you mm-hmm, guys. Mm-hmm. All is not lost. But you need to start creating a new way of being if you want to change these things. You have to start doing things and responding to things differently. And again, if you want to dig a bit deeper in this, please join the workshop. We're going to be talking a lot about the fear that comes up around speaking up, around giving voice to things, the fallacies that we buy into. We'll be talking a lot about how to give voice to things, sort of the the peppering of ideas that we talked about today. We'll be digging into far more in depth and how it specifically relates to you. And we always do Q&A. These are 90-minute workshops, so this is no joke. This is not just a 30-minute pod. This is no joke. We're diving deep. You're going to have homework assignments. You're going to have stuff to write down in your workbook. You'll be communicating with me in the chat box. We'll be doing live Q&A. We're going to get some shit handled. So if it's time- it's free. And it's fucking free. Jeez. Right? You're crazy. You're crazy. I love you, but you're crazy. Wait. Wait. Hold on. The dart, man. Got a fucking dart in your neck. You're crazy. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. I like you. But you're crazy. <laughs> the, the thing that's so awesome about those two is that you start to see that people from all over the world struggle with the exact same shit. Yeah. And you come together and be able to address these issues as a group. And there's so much solidarity in that way. Mm-hmm. Would love to have you. Again, you can go to the show notes page for this episode or thejoyjunkie.com slash register. And when you you hang out with me on that workshop, I'll be talking about the class that I have coming up too. And we'll be talking about that in, in future episodes. So if you know this particular issue of giving voice to things, boundaries, saying no, standing up for yourself is a hot button and you need to make some progress, April's going to be a big month for you. We're nice. going to get some stuff handled. Anything else you wanted to say today before we wrapped it up? No, I think I've said my piece. Cool. Thank you for adding. Absolutely. And uh, now you're going to be held accountable for speaking up in your situation. That's right. That's right. I am. You'll have to report back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Have an amazing- It's my homework. Yeah, that's your homework. Okay. Have, and you might get a warm fuzzy. Maybe. But we'll if, see. if you don't do it, you know what you're going to get. <laughs> Cold prickly. <laughs> we don't get to use the cold prickly as much. I know, because we're warm fuzzy. Because people usually do awesome stuff. That's right. But I love the cold prickly sound effect. It is great. So I got to throw it in there every once Every now and again. Yeah, every once <laughs> All right, guys. We will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. <laughs> <laughs>